Aloha and welcome to the Rainbow Wrap-Up. I am all wrapped up from an amazing weekend in Oregon. So uh, I'm still kind of basking in, um, you know, that Oregon glow because that was the best part of my trip. As you know, we'll talk about that game that I had to go to Mr. Sean Iman. But before we do, just want to welcome you in. Aloha, how are you doing right now? I'm doing great, Wayne. Thanks for having me back. Go, let's go, Bows. All right, well, let's go. And, uh, you know, at uh, Oregon State was a game that we both picked um, Hawaii to actually lose. And your score was pretty close, though. Um, are you, is that something you're proud of? Again, Nostra Sean, Seanus, I believe you would go. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no, no, I, I want to be, I want to be totally wrong. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, that Oregon State game, though, uh, you 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 said forty two seventeen, and it was or forty two twenty seven, and it was forty uh, five. What was the final score? I was yeah, 40, there. Forty five twenty seven. I mean, I was there. I was there with a lot of my friends. I was there. June Jones was there, and I got to hang out with him before the game. Um, if you check out on Facebook, Warrior Nation Facebook Live, I went Facebook Live for like twenty minutes. That was hilarious. Uh, before the game uh, with Josh Jump, who is the uh, father of Gene Pryor, number 74 on the offensive line, and his mom, Jamie, she was there too and very happy to be in the stands, which is something that the parents won't be able to do um, and uh, at Ching Field. And, uh, you know, let's talk about that because I-, I have been hearing from the parents from the very beginning. And I... And we said this before, we said this a month ago that we, I didn't think there'd be fans anyways, but there was no plan put in place, but finally, apparently a a real proposal with COVID protocols was proposed at least this time, at least, um, that we know for sure of because that's what was outlined by the athletic director, but that was turned down by the governor as well. Um, which is shocking because I has been, I, I, I'll be, you know, open and say I was one of those people that you know had been helping the parents you know, behind the scenes but I um <laughs> I didn't expect I how do I say this I, I didn't I was actually surprised they got a response from the governor for one thing but the response was not one that I wanted and what are your what is your reaction uh Sean uh you know sometimes it's just really hard to be a UH fan and I feel like it's never been harder than in this season. You know, you, you turn on the TV on Saturday, on Friday, on Thursday, you see packed stadiums. And I can understand not having max 9,000, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But at the very least, at the very least, you, you can have a couple people for each, for each athlete, you know, whether it be their parents or you know, two of their friends. If, if you get 500, 700 people in there, you have a 9,000 seat stadium. You, they can socially distance. Yeah. And if, if they don't comply, you just kick them out. You know, these are the rules. This is the deal. And if you don't want to abide by them, you know, if you got to be vaccinated, just, it's just super frustrating. I just, and I'm, I'm not optimistic about it changing either. So, yeah. I'm with you as well. I'm, I'm not optimistic now at all because I only had a glimmer of hope that it might change. Um, but now that he came out and, and 
said no again. Um, and to the parents this time specifically, that's brutal. And there are most a hundred. I mean, like, <sighs> I mean, okay. So I'm, it's, I don't understand because. <laughs> okay, from the pra- okay. From the practical standpoint, like where our mat, our hospitals are near capacity. Yes. I, I understand. Like, I understand that, but it seems like, so, and, and we're going to talk about it right now because we're already on the side of, we don't get it. Sean and I are both there. We're all upset with, um, you know, governor Ige in a way, but the one thing, and I'm going to point this out that I discovered in Stephen Sy's uh, opinion piece that uh, was in, I believe, today's paper. He talked about, um, you know, why basically calling out Governor Ige, but also saying what he believed is that Ige and the state do not trust yeah. the University of Hawaii. And when I look at that and, 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 and Stephen Sy did not say why. So we're going to talk about the why. And the why is something I talked about and I've talked about since the beginning of the show. It's the building that relationship, just like anybody when you're networking, but especially your overseers or whatever the, the university is in relationship to the, you know, the athletic department, um, their stewards, you know, they have to be accountable all the time. Yes, but they also have to develop a friendship. There has to be like, I mean, do they go to the Christmas party? Like, it sounds crazy, but like that level of you got to like know each other. Like the state, the stadium authority already showed us that we're, they're going to unilaterally make a decision like s- suspending all play, which they did unilaterally because it shocked everyone to hear it like UH. So if UH is hearing this from the media, that's not a good thing. If nobody tipped them off, right. that means they have no friends there at at the stadium authority that tipped them off to this, that's shocking, first of all, because every, the island is so small that, and, and they probably did get tipped off and they had nothing to say. So I'm not saying that they didn't, but um, it would be disingenuous to say that they, uh, because it's, it's shocking if that, that they didn't see it coming. But if they didn't, then that's even worse because that means they really have zero relationship with the stadium authority, which is another government entity, which is the one building the new stadium. How much input do they have there? That's why before we even get to this new stadium, this current stadium situation is, is just being milked. Um, at least the money came in to build the stadium. Really? I mean, luckily they, they were able to, to reap donations, uh, short term, but long term, those donations are going to rot out. They're like, you know, tax cuts that certain presidents make for certain groups to try and, you know, win them over and then they don't last forever. But, um, that's basically what some of these deals are, uh, you know, with uh, what the school is trying to do to, to pull in some revenue, um, pull in some capital to build, which is what they have to do to sustain themselves and their salaries and their costs and everything. We already know this. But now Governor Ige has definitely made it harder for them. And what I'm going to say right now is I don't see this relationship getting much better right now anyway. So they better stick their heads out on the line and fight back. And that's what they have to do. Like literally that's all you cannot take this one. You definitely have to, cause this is already making national news. First of all, it's already all over the place. People already knew before that UH was the only school. A lot of people who are in the know of college football knew that Hawaii was a school that did not have fans. Now 
not only do we not have fans, but we have the governor uh, again coming out and saying that he can't even have the parents there. Um, and I'm saying like long term, and I talk to this, I talk about this all the time. And as fans, as Akamai fans who are hardcore super fans, we have to be knowledgeable of the long term status of our program too. And we're how we're trending. I say this all the time, especially because we spend so much of our time and our money and our personal investment in this program. So if we see ourselves, um, you know, not, not, not even uh, hitting any of the, the markers that we used to in, in the previous 50 some odd years of the program, 100 years, whatever we've had. I don't know if, you know, we're going to be able to retain any more fans and we're probably going to keep losing. So, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the commerce realignment, but Sean, in terms of long-term prospects, does, do you think that this and how will this be affect uh, a blow to the program? This is basically Governor Ige putting his hands around the University of Hawaii's neck and just squeezing. Not having revenue come in after a year when you didn't have any is just, it's, it's terrible, you know? And it's, it's terrible. And don't you think that this is going to be used against us in recruiting? I'm sure it's already being used against us in recruiting. You know, don't mm -hmm. go there. You can't have fans. There's no fans there. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's, it's just so bad. And I, I just don't see a way out of it. I, I, I feel like he's going to keep this thing for the rest of the season. I, you know, UH is already returning season ticket the pot uh, money and it just it's just so it's bleak it's bleak it's just it's like he, he doesn't even have like oh you know like i'll look into it it's just a hard no yeah and yeah. people you know like we're still having concerts at blue note there's still the luau's yeah. yeah why i just don't understand why he's like he's just just staying on this mountain and it's just I understand it can't be max capacity, but it just doesn't seem like he's willing to bend on just the, you know, the littlest thing. And I think the letting the parents, letting some, you know, close friends in there would make a huge difference for the program, for the players and for the university as a whole. I think it would be like a starting point. And it's like, they're not even giving UH the opportunity to show what they can do. They're like, it's like, they're not even being trusted to do the bare minimum. It's like, I don't even trust you guys. So, I mean, that's just, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. Yeah, it's disturbing because now it's out there in the open. Things that we've been talking about, I'm going to put it out there. I've been talking about since I started podcasting and since I started this live stream. And that is because I look long-term. I work the long game. I am in my right. late 30s. I am Hollywood and to some people I'm an aspire. I'm a working actor, but I, to some people that are my age, they're like out of the game already. They're like, I can't believe this. Like, how can you, you got to give up already, you know, like legitimately because mm -hmm. to some, the short term is what's important. They don't see building. I see building long-term from my personal brand, from my personal business um, for Hawaii sports fans, which is now going to be 10 years old soon. We're going to have a great tour coming up at hisportsfans.com. I got to drop that, of course, because it's going to be a big one with the Chiefs and the Seahawks and the Rams and um, the Chargers and SoFi. And, you know, all of this stuff is not profitable. 
period. For me, I'll be, I'll be straight up with my business. It's a difficult business to run. But at the end of the day, that's not why I do business. Like I said, I, I wish I didn't have to sell anything. I really hate selling. I just love doing. And I wish people, I, I know that people want to do what they do, but what I do costs a lot of money. It costs me a lot of money, personal investment of my time. Um, but the reason that I, I invest all that time is because I really love it and because I'm willing to stick my neck out literally. And like you said, you know, David Iguez stuck his hands around the neck of UH at this point. So what do you do when that's happening? And, and he's squeezing, you know, and you gotta, what do you do? You just take it. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you got a scratch, you got a kick because this is like you said, it's going to affect recruiting. It's going to affect, um, you know, really the long-term aspects of the program that we need to be, cause the wins are important. Yes. Coach Graham, um, it's important that he win. Yes. But he, this is that he is a totally separate issue from this. He's not even, he might be semi-related to this issue, but really the long-term program, the prospects of the program, he inherited with the program. I hope he wins. And right now we look a little shaky, especially, well, we know we're playing two Pac-12 teams, but um, I, that's why when I see people calling him out, which is fine, even though we are three games into the season and he brought us a trophy last year, just, you know, um, so it's hard, you know, even though I, it, like I said, you, you got to really explain having two, your sons as coordinators, like you got to explain a lot of things, but to be calling him, to be going out at him right now, that strong. Some people are, and I get it. Uh, we have deeper issues in that. That's what I'm saying. That's the short-term stuff. I'm talking about the long-term stuff. I'm talking about whether we're going right. to have a pro. I'm talking about whether we're going to have UH football into, uh, you know, the year 2023, four five past that, because everything's shifting in the landscape of college football. And this is the worst time for us to be regressing. And we're regressing super fast because, um, I mean, we're losing fans. We've always been losing fans. I mean, we've been losing fans since 2007. Slowly. We've just been, and now, and now yeah. it's gap. I really predict that by next year, there won't, uh, there won't be filled of 90,000. I don't think there'll be 9,000 season tickets. I don't even, I don't, I, I don't think, I think we'll, we're going to be barely filling 9,000. And, I, uh, that's going to be already and make it impossible to move into 35,000 unless we have leadership that's going to try and grow the fan base and make that important or just be like the USA and get a, a few 10 rich people that run everything. And if UH can find those, whatever, then good for them. I mean, bring them into the stands, put them in the party and let them pay for the program. I mean, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't even be angry if they tried that, if they tried to just be like, we're building, that's why I said, build temporary suites right now that happen to be located there. I mean, like, you got to find ways to get people at the games and make money, you know, without, even if Governor Eagle says nobody at the stadium, oh, well, how can we say that this is not a part of the stadium right now? Like the sand courts and the volleyball, um, put 25 people in there who are willing to pay, you know, a lot of money, sponsors, you know what I mean? Like, that's not technically a part of the stadium. Like I'm saying, like they got to do stuff like that at this point because Governor Ige is super stubborn and his reasons are his reasons. And UH is probably at fault for most of those reasons, but also Governor Ige and his, you know, right now, very staunch, you know, I'm, I don't even know what it's like to be a governor or mayor of any town or city right now or state, you know, it's, it's already, it is what it is, but you would think that yes, football might be a way of helping to bring the people together that might that politicians could use in their favor but it's quite the opposite at uh um, but nonetheless um 
you know, I, I, what, what can we do, Sean, at this point? What, what do you think should be done at this point? Do we just roll over? Does everybody take it? Or what, what would you say being done? As I say, go to the press. If you're the AD, if go to the press, if go, go to sports center, go to Neil Everett and talk to him on sports center LA and, you know, get national attention. Like you have to put pressure, I think, on Governor Ige, especially for parents. The parents one is a crazy one. Like I didn't, that's just, you know, crazy, but I think nothing, I think that we have to keep doing something. So that's my opinion. I just, I think we're looking at accessibility to this product and it is being restricted to the point where like people are just going to walk away. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's concerning because we were hemorrhaging. We've been hemorrhaging fans for 15 years anyway. So, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that by continuing on, on this path, by the time that UH is able to turn on the lights, you know, and have fans, there's going to be a lot less. And I, I just, I, I can see it. I can feel it. It's like people are very disenfranchised yeah, and frustrated. Yeah. And it, it just at least do, at least do something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. And I, I tend to think that David Ige is probably one of the least popular people in the state right now. You know, it's a good thing he's not up for reelection because I don't, I don't think he could, <laughs> he could do it. And that's a sad, that's a bad commentary on Hawaii. And it has nothing to do with uh, party affiliation, uh, for sure. It's like Hawaii has within the one party system that it is, its own varying takes. And a lot of it is anti-sports. A lot of it is anti-progress. So, um, and that is Hawaii being who it is. Um, And that's the sad part about uh, this situation is it exposes rifts that are, that are, within the state i mean like the university president has to be on this he has to be talking to Ige. he has to be hounding him um because this is crazy when there's precedent already going on so that's what i gotta say i think at the same time the school should have had a better if they had a better relationship with with the governor they had a better relationship with the state a stadium authority with the mayor um things would be handled differently they might go the same I, way yeah it i think they're so they're trying to take the, they're they're trying to take the high the high road, you know, and trying to play by the rules. Well, of course, but, yes, of course, and that's their game, obviously, because that's the well, low risk game. That's the lowest risk game, and that's the thing is not it's not about taking the high road. It's about taking the least the path of least resistance. That's not yeah. the high the high road is sticking up for your fans. That's the high road, right? And your but, family, <laughs> or, or your ohana. I was told mm-hmm. by a fan of this program this week that spirit doesn't pay for shit. So, um, Mm. and not a rich person, but I guess this fan believes that it's okay to cater to the rich people and our, or the sponsor, not even rich people. The thing is, if it was rich people, um, yes, but like so much of it is sponsors that are not paying attention to the program. They're not really avid supporters. They're just trying to spend their marketing dollars. And if that's the case, then milk them for even more and put them in contracts for, for a long time, not just for, you know, one season or for, for perpetuity. It has to be cut revenue coming in. But, um, you know, looking at UCF and how they do it at their program, uh, how they, you know, are making the experience different for everybody um, from their fans that are paying the cheap in the nosebleeds, the fans that are really getting an experience pregame and postgame. 
that's how you're building it. That's how you build around the brand. But like you said, when we prohibit access and already the pay-per-view was already prohibitive. It was already cost prohibitive and it was already restricting access. And now we've made it worse that the only right. way you can watch is on television. In an empty stadium. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not, your options are, are very few and it's, it's just frustrating. And I just, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's bleak. It's bleak because fans are the lifeblood of the program and the fans are being, being held out, held out in mass. Well, so. you just said it. Fans are the lifeblood of the program. Not everybody believes that. Not everybody does because when you are allowing yourself to not make retention of fans, A, but B, the growth of your fan base, a priority, neither one of those things are priority to you. You don't care about the, your lifeblood. You're, you're just, whatever, sucking up some artificial whatever to stay alive. And that's what it is. It's not, it's fake spirit, but spirit doesn't pay for anything is what I was told. So, um, you and, just want to see, you want to see more fight from UH just across the board. Oh, I mean, like you said, we're, we're being choked right now. We're being choked, yeah. but like you said, like it's the lowest risk for them to not do anything. And like you said, they made the proposal. They did this. Like I'm saying they need to just let parents come in period. Just, just, let, just leave the gate open and yes. Hey, yeah. cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Space out. Do exactly what the state said we couldn't do, but go by the protocols and say, you know what? We did it. I mean, even for the parents, there's not like there's a lot of parents, first of all, or you can make a spot for the parents that is not on the field. That mm. is a, Make like I said, the volleyball court, not technically hey, restaurant. Yes, exactly. We have a restaurant here today. Let's it's have called, a luau. Chef Murakami Stadium <laughs> or something. And you like, like I'm serious. Like I'm saying, like that needs to be done. It has. It cannot be like council chef. It needs to be like come to the come to UH. Let's figure something out for the parents because the parents are going to go back and tell their friends not to let their kids go to Hawaii as well. But the way that they're being treated at UH. And this is happening right when we're starting a new era of a coach too. So um, that's what I mean by the fight. And I think uh, there's long-term ramifications that don't come into play for people because it doesn't affect their job status right now. And it affects fans because we see things happening and we know we're going to, in 2021, in 2007, walking out of the Sugar Bowl on January 1st, 2008, mm -hmm knowing that we would never be on this mountaintop again, walking down. And we've never turned around to go back up. We had a momentary uptick uh, with Rolo-ish after Chow that was made mm -hmm. us uh, second tier, you know, maybe top 50 program, not a top 25 program. Right. Um, and that's, that's sad because now we're just grasping. And like you said, we're being choked. So, um, what I can say right now is uh, the team can be affected by it and the team has to move forward from it. But I just hope that they can um, use it as some kind of motivation because this week's game against San Jose State is definitely going to be a, a tough one. Uh, San Jose State is legit. We already said that last year. They came in and they won and they had that was supposed to be their home game and they had to fly here. I get why they were, you know, cocky about it. Um, but 
whatever, short term. What did I just say? Short term. That's why. Take the wins now, baby, right? On Twitter. Get your kicks in. I mean, that's how a lot of people are. It's cheap shot. But, you know, some of those guys are not going to be there the next year, so they don't care. <laughs> or the SID might not even be at the school who, who put out, you cannot spell Honolulu with two L's. You know, like, he don't care himself either. You know, so I'm saying, like, it's the kind of thing that's, like, these tactics, um, you know, are used whatever, just liberally in, 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 in college sports and marketing. Um, and what, what I'm referring to, obviously, is after San Jose last year beat Hawaii, they, they made a meme with the sharks and Waikiki and saying, like, you can't spell Honolulu without two L's. Um, but I, I think it's a good uh, rivalry with San Jose, first of all, because they are getting better. And they've always been kind of a rival. I mean, the Bay Area and Hawaii has always been a tight relationship. So um, what do you, what do you have in store though? Or what does Nostra Shana see in store? <laughs> for, um, I'll, I'll go and look at what our score yeah. predictions are, but what do you, what do you, what do you think about the game and the matchup? So before the season, I predicted 24 to 23 with no fans for San Jose state. Um, and I, I'm going to stick with it. I mm. think even if they had the parents in there, I, I would consider picking UH to win because I think that would be a huge thing. But our our program has serious issues. You know, yeah. we got we got the team, you know, the fan issue. We got coaching issues with the, the coordinators. Like our, our team's giving up 500 yards a game on defense and it's yeah. just totally unacceptable. Well, like you said, too. Well, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to. Yeah, go ahead. Coach hasn't had a home crowd ever. Coach Graham. It's true. Yeah. And, so, uh, I mean, that's something that he has to get credit for as well. He's not yet, this is his second season, and he's yet to play in front of any fans at University of Boy. So, I mean, that's a significant loss in advantage when you are playing a home game. And, you know, once again, San Jose, like you said, comes in and plays Hawaii in front of no fans. And and I think I think that he's going to get a pass this year. He gave us the bowl win last year. And I think regardless of what happens this year, especially if no fans are let in the whole season, yeah. I, I feel he's just going to get a pass and, yeah. and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I do think both coordinator positions are going to need to be addressed. The, there just needs to be more consistency on both sides of the ball. And I just, I look at the schemes and what's happening on defense. It's just like, you know, the, the opposing quarterback can drop back and make a sandwich and then, you know, complete a pass after like, you know, eight seconds. And like, and then on offense, Shevin's getting, getting pressure after one, one and a half seconds. So, I mean, there's, there's issues with this team and yeah. San Jose is legit. They, I think we're more of a rival to them than we than we are, they are to us. They they get up for our games. And for sure. And they, yeah. they got they got you know, we helped pack their speed. So yeah. I I I think we're I think we're in for another loss this week. I That's I, what I had predicted and I'm I'm gonna yeah. stick by it too. So you're this sticking program has serious issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 24-23. 24-23. Yeah. Um yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that is a rival. I mean, they're probably mad that I stormed their field by myself and ran across it with my Hawaiian flag as well. Um, so that probably didn't help. But uh, that got a lot of views, actually, which is kind of shocking. Um, they, because I had a cast on and I was on my way to Beyonce too. But um, that that rivalry, like you said, is something that is becoming more contentious because of the fact that San Jose is finally doing their part in the rivalry and winning more. Um, but that's because they've, you know, they've lost a lot of close ones to us. And I've been there for close ones that we've beat them. So that's why 24-23 is apropos. It's always a close one. And I had 31-28 <clears throat> with the late field goal. And I'm going to keep that because, you know, I said it once before. I don't need to change it. I think, like, I'm a forever optimist. So this is it. Like, mm. like oh, first of all, um, I was there at Oregon State, obviously. And it was painful to watch most of the time. <laughs> I loved being there. It's fun. Shout out to all the parents that I got to hang out with and the fans and Kili and Val and everybody. Um, and Chawan, our friend Keith. Um, you know, everybody was, it was a fun mm -hmm. time. And that's what I really love about going to all these games. But first of all, I did like some of the trick plays. I loved, I, 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 I'm a proponent of the backward throw and all these extra passes. That was everything. great. Yeah, that was great. great stuff. But it, looked, it was definitely floppy. It was definitely like, okay, we got to do this now. Like, it was definitely like they were desperate because they hadn't practiced it that much. And they were getting rushed. Like we're saying, we're playing Pac 12 teams. First of all, we have to be on. We are playing Pac 12 talent, Pac 12 defenses. It's bigger, it's bigger, faster guys. Um, Portland but, State, though, put 500 yards up on us. Yeah, and but most of that came in the second half. I mean, and a lot of that, I, I mean, the second half was boring of that game. And like, and that's the team needs to learn from that, too. So I'm saying this is going to be their first real, that's it. It's done. This is O and O. We're O and O. This is the last how, time. How many, how many times are we going to draw a line in the, the sand and say, this, you guys have to be better now? Oh, no, this like, is the last time. Well, I mean, at this time, <laughs> this is San Jose. But I mean, like you said, they have two games. They have two games. Um, they have two. This, yeah, they have two games against practical teams. The second year of the coaches has always been, like you said, they always give them a pass. Um, and I don't. I hope that we don't rely on that because I don't want to see us losing two. We're going to two and three, two or three wins right now when we don't have fans, especially, and that that kind of attention. It would be a bad timing for that. Um, but uh, the team is the team has enough talent to contend in the Mountain West. Period. They have enough talent. Calvin Turner is one of the best players in Mountain West, no doubt. The Mountain West just happens to have teams that have probably at least as much talent than us, if not more. Like we're we're not there at, anymore. Where we used to just be like, oh, of course, it's only San Jose. Now we look at their roster and it's like, wow. And they have Fehoko on their team. You know, they have like local, they have local boys, they have Polynesians, they have, you mm -hmm. know, guys that are legit from the Bay Area. So they're not the team that's going to be out talented. So, um, but they're not a team that's out talenting us. I think Boise, Boise is the only team where I'm like, okay, we got to definitely play our A game. San Jose, they're really good. We got to play our A game against them. I'm not saying we don't, but we'll have, we'll have mismatches finally. And we, we really have mismatches. Against Pac-12 teams, there was like very against Portland State that first quarter, we mismatched them everywhere. Like the receivers are just right. confusing their DBs, and you know I thought that that was it's so that's why it's hard to get a base. We need the Mountain West opponent. San Jose will give us that. You're saying 23-24. I'm gonna stay with uh, my 31-28 win for the Bows. 
Um, and like you said, Sean, uh, well, Sean, you had six and seven. So are you going to adjust that win total? I've been saying this looks like a four or five win team. So based on what we've seen so far this year, I mean, there's still time to turn it around, but no, no. So right now, that's what I'm saying right now. Where do you put that? You change the number? Uh, as, as of right now, I'm thinking five wins. Yeah. I mean, as I, I said, eight wins at the beginning and I said that that was high. Yeah. And right now I would say we're playing like five win team for sure at best. And, um, I, that's what I'm saying. San Jose will be the one that's like, even though, cause San Jose is the one that I said we were going to win. And I think that because this would be the litmus San Jose is not, is a perfect litmus for us. Really, yes. really it's at home. It's even though we don't have fans, it's not going to be, it's San Jose. It's a team that when we, when we walk on the field and we see them and they see each other, they're not going to be like intimidating each other. You know, it's like legitimately one-on-one. Let's see who, who can do it right now. And they're the Mountain West defending champs. So, you know, the team needs to get up for that. Even if it's not up for San Jose, get up for the champs. Get up for the Kings right now. And that's who they are. Well, and that's where it comes down. Like, if talent is kind of a wash, it's going to come down to scheme. Mm. It's going to come down to scheme and assignments. And uh, based on what we've seen in the first three games, I'm not confident that our team's there for that stuff. So, like, I, I, I'm hoping to see improvement. Uh, we, Yeah, we really need this one. Yeah. You know, the Dick, Dick Tomey legacy trophies up. Yeah. We got, you know, there's a Brennan coaching. And that, yeah. that, special, on Mon- yeah. that bet special on Monday was absolutely incredible. I got to watch it. Brennan. I got to watch it. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Great. He gets it. me every single time. And, you know, yeah. Robert Robert uh, did a great I, job. How crazy is that and, to have him kick Hala doing it, too? Yeah. I mean, what a year. That's what I'm saying. Like, when everything, the chips are down, this a team has a chance to really change things around. And to me, the boys and the team and even the coaching that we have now, which was hired by the current administration, they need the support right now for sure more than anything. And, and uh, the, the criticism is not unwarranted at all. But right now, three games into season one and two, Everybody had the team at one and two. Mostly. You had the team at one and two. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's where we're at. One and two. We thought we would be better. I thought we would look better. I definitely thought we would look better. But that's what we had. One and two. I had them at two and one. <laughs> but, you know, I was overly optimistic about the UCLA thing. UCLA definitely looks legit. But let's just, uh, you know, get the best for San Jose. Um, hope everybody out there is been enjoying uh, as much as they can. Uh, come check us out, hisportsfans.com, at hisportsfans on Twitter, at hisportsfans, hisportsfans on Instagram, Hawaii Sports Fans on YouTube, Facebook as well, um, and the Hawaii Sports Fans channel, wherever you get your podcasts like this one, Rainbow Wrap-Up, which uh, we get up every Thursday night, and uh, we want to keep doing this. I think this is our fifth or sixth show. We're going to have Shane Agno, Lalo Head, join us again when he can. Uh, but for Sean Iman, uh, this is Wayne Quetzal. We'll talk to you guys next time. Aloha. Go Post.